Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. On the community calendar, auditions have been announced for Dairy High's upcoming production of Our Town. We're looking for the jock who secretly knows there's a song in his heart, the girl who has been in pageants since she was three, and it's caused her to get the lead role every year or her father will pull his booster club check, and of course, the child of divorce who believes this fact gives them the mystique of a Forks Washington Cullen. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. What up, constant readers? And today we are finishing off 112263, our Patreon selection from Jason Keen, and we have CM leading our discussion. So CM, take it away. I was really hoping you were going to say today we're pounding cake on this episode. Oh, we're, we're, we're pounding that phrase into the ground. That's what uh, we did. Uh, well, we'll never <laughs> use it again after this. Right, so. it's fair. <laughs> Gotta get it all in. Gotta pound it all in. Oh, all right. Last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was that sound you pounding it all in <laughs> yes. for the listeners? Okay, yeah. good. Imagine that. <laughs> Last episode, Jake and Sadie traded injuries that not only brought Shoot. them back together, but also brought Sadie into the loop on who Jake is, when he's from, and what he's doing here. We also got much needed confirmation that Jake is totally human. <laughs> We left him desperate to remember what bank he rented the safe deposit box from. Okay, this is cool because we get things now like day by day. And we are at Sunday before the assassination attempt. And Jake is still living in the rehabilitation center. And Sadie is reminding him that he's not in super great shape. So if he remembers anything important, you know, be sure to tell her so she can help him. He's not going to do this alone, right? (laughs) No, that'd be stupid. (laughs) She leaves for Jody, and Jake remembers the assassin's name is Oswald Rabbit. I, I love that <laughs> so much because, especially, I've been back and forth audiobook and actual book. The audiobook listening to him go, I'm coming for you, Oswald Rabbit. <laughs> so good. Do you think this is a reference he would make if he weren't currently living in the late 50s, early, early 60s? Because Oswald Rabbit mm-hmm. is what? Early Disney, yeah, was like pre- precursor Disney, Mickey, I think. of Mickey. I think. I don't Possibly. know. What am I going to do? Research now. No one can correct us. <laughs> just say it. But I, I just thought it, at first I was like, this guy wouldn't know who Oswald Rabbit is. But then I was like, oh no, he's spent the past several years. Yeah, in the yeah. yeah. I think he so. would know who Oswald yeah. Rabbit is yeah. more than we would. I feel like that's yeah. You're yeah. right. He wouldn't have made that reference otherwise. He does remember more accurately, that his safe deposit box is at the first bank of corn. And Monday, after cheeking some pain pills, Jake goes to bank corn and rediscovers his spy life. More Paul Sheldon by the day, Jake Epping. (laughs) Cheeking meds, walking on broken lips. I I do like that the assault has really gives him uh, a lot of leeway for the rest of the book Mm -hmm. uh, for not knowing things. He He can just point to his head responsibility no, for anything he has like a permanent get out of jail free card yeah. for whatever he wants to do what did jake find in the safe deposit box well we find some money we find the murder place which i bet would have been really confusing to read <laughs> and we find the word of al and a a baby toy that i don't oh, remember yeah, the, him. um the rattle do you rem- do you guys remember him picking that up the um 
Oh my god! I like very vaguely. I don't remember okay. when. I assume what, was it Ivy's. I, that's what I was. June. It's no, June. Yes. Why did he steal her toy? <laughs> did they leave it when they moved, and he just grabbed it? Maybe I don't. God, I there's so much happens in this book. I, I legitimately know, for, don't remember yeah. as much. I thought this was maybe just me that I I I felt like have I not been paying enough <laughs> attention. Because for as much as I enjoy this book, it all kind of slid off my brain. <laughs> I, it's fully possible I just have a slippery brain. Or maybe you're Ben from a different string. Oh, I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so on his way back, he proves Sadie right by pulling over to rest and falling asleep for so long that he is woken up by a cop who figures he's sleeping one off. I thought this was so cool because the way it's written and presented to us, we didn't see him leave or pull over. We are just as disoriented as he is when mm-hmm. he wakes up on the side of the road. Yeah. I, I like the, there is a bit of real tension because he's like, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Most of the <laughs> stuff that I found. <laughs> but if he finds Al's diary. Mm-hmm. There's going to be. Well, and coupled with something called the murder place, it's just not a good look. It's a very Ted Bundy moment. (laughs) Oh, boy, you guys. Okay, so this next part gave me a gift I didn't know I needed. Now I really want to do live shows because I have a great idea for a meet and greet segment or VIP backstage pass name. And Josh, I feel like you know where I'm going with this. Okay, so Jake catches Kennedy on TV interacting with onlookers and Jake's like, he seems like, you know, a real guy now. He has a sense of humor, blah, blah, blah. What the important part is, is that the reporter describes Kennedy's foray into the crowd, shaking hands and taking lady hugs as pressing the flesh. (laughs) Why did this phrase ever go out of style? I, I don't know that it did. Press the flesh with Dairy Public Radio. I like it. I think that's exactly what our meet and greet's called. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> I, I don't particularly want strangers pressing my flesh. You get to press their flesh. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's a better. very Cronenbergian <laughs> phrase, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's what makes bit. it special. <laughs> <laughs> what did, did you guys have any thoughts about his realization of Kennedy as a person. It comes back to kind of all of the, the bigger players like Mm -hmm. Lee Harvey Oswald, making him a fully 3d person with those good moments. I feel like it's only fair that now we get JFK Mm -hmm. as like, he's been, the goal is save him. The goal's never been interact with him at all. It's he's the object basically. Mm -hmm. And now it's, yeah, he's, I'm saving an actual person. It's not the butterfly effect. It's also saving one man. Mm -hmm. While Jake is catching up on his memories in the plan through Al's notebook, he gets upset with him because his notes aren't very thorough when it comes to the last week of Oswald's life. And that would be very upsetting. It makes sense, though. The plan was to kill him after Walker, at the Walker assassination. So Mm -hmm. if I remember, it's like, one page at the end of Al's notebook that has a few jottings about yeah. his whereabouts mm-hmm. and stuff, but well, never not where he's staying in this time. So Jake yeah. can't pop over and shoot him in the head. <laughs> and Al was super sick kind of towards the end of this yeah. too. So mm-hmm. he probably didn't probably couldn't stick around to really investigate this more, but I still understand why Jake is frustrated. So as you said, Josh, Jake doesn't know where Oswald is staying so he figures i guess i have to guess i have to do this the day of i what a 
great way, in my opinion, to make the ticking clock come down to the day. Mm-hmm. I'd been wondering how the fir- when the first time I'd read through, because it's after the Walker assassination, it's it's game on at any point in that time he can take the shot. I, I'd wondered and I was so mm-hmm. happy that all this chaos brought us to it has to happen day of. Mm-hmm. It's Tuesday now, and Jake makes his way back to West Neely Street to retrieve the gun he ditched when we got when he got assaulted. We didn't really talk about him ditching the gun, but he ditched it under the porch. It's still there, thankfully. And he makes a pit stop at the book depository. Just a cool bit here when he goes back. When you feel like the, the book depository is like watching him, he can feel its gaze on him as he knows that mm-hmm. we're coming to a head. He sees other people like instinctively avoid it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that when Sadie calls Jake later, she tries to trick him into remembering something. And because he has remembered more, but he's been lying to her, he almost like, she's like, what was his name? Just randomly. And he almost says Oswald. And then his guilt for lying makes him think she's suspicious when she's like, you hesitated. And it's just so, it's so hard to watch these interactions, like knowing I don't know, just he's responding in guilt. And she was just like, you almost remembered. That's all she was thinking. Oh, Sadie. <laughs> Sorry. Not every time I think about s- <laughs> man. Why? Why do I like this book? It is so depressing. It's a real bummer. It is. But it's a nice bummer. It's a. It breaks your heart. It's a love bummer. And then it sweetly breaks your heart. Yeah. It's like, oh, thanks. Both of the ways my heart can be broken. <laughs> now we're at Wednesday. And this is the fastest week of my life. Jake wakes up realizing that Sadie knows he's lying and she's going to surprise him by coming to the rehab center early, even though she said she was going to leave after sixth period. So he's worried about her. He he does not want her to go with. Let's talk about how close this actually was. 15 goddamn minutes. Well, as soon as he was putting it together that she's probably going to be there early, I was like, of course she is. It's Sadie. Like mm-hmm. she has your number 100%. Mm-hmm. She knows him. So he leaves a note for his therapist, canceling that, and leaves a note for Sadie inside, telling her he has to do this alone to keep her safe. Don't try to find him. He'll see her the day after the assassination, hopefully, Hmm. and they can start their new life together. And he loves her. And when she gets there, she cries. We find out later what she experienced. And so Jake, we just spend the next two days only with Jake. Well, the rest of today and the next day. He goes to the Oswald's old shack on Mercedes Street. Although I prefer to think of it as Ivy and Rosette's <laughs> shack. <laughs> and instead of just moving in, since he has the key from Ivy, Jake does it like the proper way. <laughs> What'd you guys think of that? The interaction I thought was funny because he doesn't actually want to take the step, but he knows the past is obdurate. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't go about this the right way, that's the past's chance to screw him over. And the thing that I like most, though, is that after they square it away and he is renting the place for a few days because he gives the excuse like that he wants to be in town for JFK, but he, all the apart or, um, all the hotels are booked mm-hmm. up. So he needs this place is, is when he's staying in the apartment and he talks about listening to the ghosts Ooh. of arguments mm-hmm. by people who are still alive. Oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Very king. Yeah. Jake has a pretty relaxed Thursday. He reads all day, finally falls asleep after midnight, and he falls asleep in Rosette's old room because it's the only place he feels comfortable in that place. And he's he's looking at the crayon drawings of the jump rope girls on the wall that Rosette did, and he thinks, I bet Sadie would like these. Friday morning, the day has come, and Jake wakes up to Sadie. 
shaking him awake. Was not expecting that. No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wanted Jake to be more angry about this because <laughs> I was angry about it. I was like, no, you're in so much danger. You're the tragic uh, love interest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go home, please. It, it's so sad, though, because he's he's not mad at all. Mm-hmm. The first thing he does is just like sit up in bed and hug her. Point of order. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody else find it kind of hot that he describes kissing her as tasting her reality? Just think that sounds kind of sexy. It's a cool sexy. way to describe kissing somebody what well, cuz he thinks what's wrong with that cuz he thinks I, he thinks it's a dream and that like i just i don't know the the moment of it coming it together is, sounds really i think i just i i'm still poisoned by so many other <laughs> king uh <laughs> is it cuz josh sexy writing is it cuz josh also said josh it? said it oh, yeah, yeah, wait yeah, wait wait a, uh, i'm tasting her reality not, does it help when better. i say it not better <laughs> oh i really you know, I really put it in there. You really put, you really I really put it pounded in there. that cake verbally. <laughs> Sorry, that got this worse. This is eating nasty all over again. <laughs> CM's giving you a verbal pounding, and you need to appreciate it, Ben. I have to go home. <laughs> Listen, we pound no. verbal cake in this studio. <laughs> we don't record. <laughs> put it in. Put it in the description oh of the show. God. Three Stephen yep. King super fans <laughs> pound, pound verbal cake. cake. Verbal cake. I love Where are you going? That. Please <laughs> listen. <laughs> Give us a chance. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get back to it. Okay, so he's happy to see her. It's touching. He keeps touching her just to make sure she's really there. And she's telling him how she found him. It was one of the loose threads he was trying to pull from his memory of where he had been and Cadillac Street was what he'd said Mm -hmm. and apparently Deke owns a map and so they were able to (laughs) brag brag. apparently unreasonable rich with map I don't own a map (laughs) rich with map Deke a cartographer but he just somehow comes across Mercedes Street in the general vicinity of where they knew he he was. And so Sadie took off and let her intuition do the rest. Or did the obdurate past lead her to Jake? Because it had to line stuff up. Probably. Because the first thing I thought was, that's a real far stretch mm-hmm. that she would find him. But Sadie's an obstacle. Yeah. Sadie is an obstacle for the past. Which we will use. come to understand yeah. real well later. Jake and Sadie set off on their journey because she's like, I'm coming. And if you don't let me, I'll follow you. Yeah. You do this with me or not at all. Done. And you know, good thing he agreed because she would have beat him there. Right. (laughs) So they set off on their journey and we get to see Jake similar to the way we saw him at the start of this whole thing. You know, his first journey through the rabbit hole where, well, not the first one, but the first one where he's going to do stuff. When he keeps the hunter at home and he prevents the shooting accident, when he goes to Derry and takes care of Frank, everything is going wrong. But Jake is anticipating, watching, waiting, looking for what's about to happen, looking for those harmonies of the past. And we see this as soon as they step outside and run into little Sadie. The, our jump and chorus girl. Yeah. We find out the past harmonized her name. <laughs> yeah. And and she's adorable. And what, what did they ask her about? The bus uh, route. The bus, yeah, yeah, the bus route. And I also was very confused. 
until the payoff happens. As they're driving, they they find out the bus route from this uh, Greek chorus jump rope girl. Mm -hmm. uh, And as Sadie is explaining how she found him, the car just goes to shit like the the wheel falls yeah, off. Yeah, the right wheel just like snaps <laughs> off and he's like, "Well, at least we're on a bus route." He almost yeah. hits a a pole though on right, Sadie's yeah. side. Like it's an it's actually a really bad accident oh, yeah. and they're lucky they didn't get hurt. And before he makes they make their way to the bus stop, he leaves a note under the windshield. And they pay a lady nearby who saw this happen to walk to the service station and get it towed. So, we don't quite know what's happening there, but we'll find out later. So they make their way to the nearest bus stop with Jake barely able to walk. And there is a a nice lady there, a good angel, we find out, waiting to see Kennedy. And she's, it's, I feel like from this moment on, we're like Stephen King mini character after mini character. (laughs) I I do want to point out that uh, from this point on, in my mind's eye, I pictured, ooh, this is going to be a cut I hope people get, uh, the way Jake walks as the Seder man from Manos Hand of Fate. <laughs> oh, I haven't actually seen that. Oh, he, like, you mean Torgo? Yes, Torgo. Thank you. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he like uh, in in real life, it like destroyed the actor's legs. Um, oh, yeah, it's real, real bad. And that was not even a good. Movie. No, it was a terrible Aww. movie. Uh, it was not worth sacrificing your legs. But uh, yeah, they're like bowed and he wobbles. And I just imagine Jake walking like that this entire time because it sounds like it sounds agony. uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it sounds terrible. Yeah, it makes you feel like it made me physically feel just a little bit uncomfortable the whole time I was reading this last part. So they are on the bus, which they almost don't get on because it's so full. And the city did not add additional drivers that day. So the bus driver is complaining about that. And I just thought it was cool here because. Jake and Sadie are the last two to get on and he stops them. He's like, sorry, get the next one. And the good angel lady is like, if you don't let them on, because like clearly they have problems, just look at them. Mm. I will kick you off and drive yeah. this bus myself. And what I thought was cool about it, not just her standing up for them and making this happen, but he's like, okay, like pick my battles, not going to make this woman mad. And Jake goes to put money in the thing and he puts his hand over it. And he's kind of gruff, so at first I thought he was annoyed, and then I thought, no, he just saw, like, yeah, she's right, and that's his, like, kindness by not making him pay, mm. which I thought was yeah. really cool. I really like that as soon as they get their seat, Sadie's like, whew, and he, Jake goes, yeah. no, 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 don't relax. And why can't she relax? Because people don't know how stop signs work. And, and the bus gets into a uh, much worse crash. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dump truck. Just T-bones it. Knocks the whole thing uh, onto its side, doesn't it? No. No. Because they... That's yeah, funny, because no, I right. also imagined that happening. Me too. Because you think a dump truck hitting a bus, you just... <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a bad accident, though. People do get injured. The door is jammed. Jake... It's cool, because Jake saw it coming, and he pushed Sadie's head down. Yeah. Not in a sexy way. It... <laughs> <laughs> you really gave up after our Mm -hmm. laughter there it just i didn't like when you reacted i thought what i don't know i felt shame and (laughs) i was like why did i say that i like that you assumed that both ben and i had been like yeah in a sexy way (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> just in case you guys, you know, we're yeah. getting the wrong just idea. Just in case you thought. It, it, there's it some a, listener it out there. It wasn't a bus blowy. There was, there was <laughs> some listener out there that went, tell Ooh. me more. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, and once again, it was uh, David Cronenberg. Because <laughs> he loves car crashes. Sure does. Uh, if, if you know what I mean. If you've ever seen Crash. <laughs> Anyway, Ben, you and I have some strange things in common. <laughs> so they crash. Uh, some guy gets his nuts busted. Also, not in a sexy way. <laughs> I it's hope a sexy I can, bus crash. I hope I can keep this up somehow. <laughs> and the door is jammed, but the good angel. But not in a sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> the good angel. Grabs the lever. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Not on. in a sexy way. Not. And I'm sorry, listeners. I can't stop. I don't want to. And lets them off the bus. And, and Sadie's like, we need. Sorry, gets them off. Gets them off the, the bus. bus. Not in a sexy way. I hate myself. <laughs> listeners, we're all punchy if you can't tell. We're sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the book. <laughs> And they are now making their way elsewhere with Sadie going, hey, we need to help them. And Jake going, no, we Busy. do not, because this isn't the first horrible thing that's going to happen to us. I or love the, second the, or the, the way he treats it, though, is like, no, past did that. <laughs> we have to yeah. go. That's how the past gets you. <laughs> Throws buses at you. Well, I think they have like a half an hour at this point or even less. Yeah. They are running toward the plaza, and Sadie has an idea, and I think, Ben, this is what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. She doesn't cue Jake into this at all. Yeah, she just sprints into the street. The busy street. Yep. Wave in cash, and is like, I gotta see Kennedy. I'm desperate to see Kennedy to see if they can get a ride. And how does that go? All right. This interaction is so fucking bonkers. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't know why it's in the book. <laughs> I don't understand. This is what I'm saying. We keep getting these king characters, yes. you know, with quotes. <laughs> I swear to God, it like this would be one of those um, the stand moments where we get a chapter of all these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How they've come across this. The guy, somebody's basically says like, "Yeah, I'll I'll take your cash." He's like, why don't I just take your money? Yeah, like, why don't I just right. rob you, basically? Yeah. And she's like, why don't I just cut you with this butcher knife in my purse? <laughs> and then does. And then does it. And then he tries to get in his truck and she like swipes the air in front of his face. And he's like, okay, lady. And then she looks at Jake like, your move, dude. And, and he's like, like All right. uh, well, first he's I like, I guess we're doing what, this. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, I have a gun. I guess so pulls we're the gun carjacking this dude. Not in a sexy way. It's, ah. it's. <laughs> It's crazy that up to this point, Jake has said so many times, he's like, I can't do X thing mm -hmm. because of the chances <laughs> that I will end up in jail. <laughs> and now they have a half an hour. The past is fucking with them hardcore. And he's like, let's commit grand theft auto. Well, let's do so many crimes. Actually, that was Sadie's idea. The, the fair. Oh, shit, though. He's about to do it again later. Yeah, yeah, Never yeah. Mind. yeah, yeah Dang yeah. it. Y'all ever stolen four cars in one day? Because it's a <laughs> lot of cars. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, they, but they take over this car, and then, of course, the engine blows, like, a few blocks, basically. So they pay... Mm -hmm. they, Three they, miles yeah. to Dealey Plaza. Yeah. Uh, it's absurd. 
And Sadie has another plan when she sees a homeless guy with crutches. Okay, I do love this exchange because she sprints ahead and Jake is like envious of how she can run. (laughs) And by the time he gets there, they're bickering and the guy wants like $50. And she's like, these are $9 and I just want one. And he's like, yeah, you want it. And I'm going to give it to you for 50 bucks. And she's so pissed off at him. And he is just like, I don't mind a hot woman being mad at me. Best day of my life. And it's it's just like it's, cuts all the tension. And I, I love it. It's a, another. I, the, the last part, at least, is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this part makes me say, why is this in the book? Because like Sadie's being an asshole. <laughs> like Sadie, this dude is where I guess we're supposed to think, oh, he's like gouging her for her. Um, but he makes a good point. He's like. Yeah, but they're my crutches. I I need them. You just want them. (laughs) Like, good point. Yeah. Solid point. But also, if you take one, he can't chase you, which is what I would have done. That's true. She's she's being a jerk, but she's not willing to. Yeah. Yeah. There are. It's like 10 minutes now. It's a high-tense scene. It's like... There are there are stakes here, so she emotions are high, right? And I I guess I kind of need the because King can build a really tense sequence, and this is gets goofy, and it's kind of a relief, honestly, because it's rough. This, well, so much of the goofiness comes from the what the fuck can be thrown in yeah, our path now, yeah. and then King goes, "I got something for you." <laughs> And so, it's a blue sunliner. Oh, yeah. She goes through all the trouble to get him a crutch. And shortly after they start off again, Jake sees Harmony. Or maybe he's just obsessed with sunliners because he never shuts up about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he wonders. He's like, okay, past, let's harmonize. Spare key, right? Right? And there is one. And Sadie drives and they get a parking spot and they run to the book depository. And I like how Sadie's also like, this place is gross. Seeing someone else we trust, yeah, that is nice. Seeing someone who doesn't know why it's bad, yes, yeah, gives it gives Jake's feelings credibility. Mm-hmm. They run into a bit of trouble though when they try to go in. Yeah, the doors are locked. <laughs> I, well, and the guard is not going to let them in, right? right? Uh, well, it's not. Well, is he a guard or is he just an employee? I think he's just a yeah. guy that works also works at the, in the building. Store, yeah, but he knows. Lee. He knows Lee because they run up and they're like, they're in too much of a hurry to worry about fucking with the past. So they just run up and they're like, hey, this guy that works here, Lee Harvey Oswald, is about to shoot the president. So you should let us in. And the guy's like, the fuck are you talking (laughs) about? That pussy? No way. (laughs) I didn't know he had friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Jake gets him to pay attention to them because he remembers from Al's notes that the guy has a girl's name. Yeah. Bonnie yeah. Ray Williams. Yep. So like you said, Ben, he warns the guard and he's the guard's like, listen, I'm going to go up to the second floor, have some snacks with the rest of the people watching from the windows and you guys can get on the elevator with me. And Sadie's about to and Jake is like, oh my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Why how the past fucks you. <laughs> Elevator's going to malfunction. And so they start running up the stairs and Jake is running Full on, despite his injured knee, and he beats Sadie up there because she's a smoker and she starts to fall behind. But end of book, right? Something I want to point out very quickly. Mm-hmm. I told you guys in our chat, I watched a Oswald is Innocent documentary. <laughs> it was amazing. I highly don't recommend it. <laughs> but 
I thought it was really, really cool that King explained something here that is something that conspiracy theorists really latch onto that I also didn't understand. And one of the big things is why did Lee take so long to take the shot? Mm. Because of the way the route is, there are several other better vantage points. Mm. And the answer is because he wanted to shoot from behind so that nobody could see where the shot came from. Mm-hmm. And so oh. that's why he waits for the motorcade. Like the trajectory to... of the bullet? Well, the, the if, everybody's, if everybody's oh, watching. Oh, so nobody catches Yeah, nobody, okay. no, no, nobody's going to be watching that direction. Yeah, no one the will see the flash of the rifle. Right. So they'll, they'll have no idea where the shot came from until he's long gone. But it, it's it just really stuck out to me because mm-hmm. I know that's a real hard conspiracy line. Hmm. Well, to, to get, answer your question, CM, about this is where the book ends, right? Yeah. A couple weeks ago, listeners, the three of us got to go to a brand new theater that opened up here in town that was showing Carrie Mm, on the big screen. It was awesome. But we all had the same experience of getting to the scene with Tommy and Carrie sitting at the table and just having a nice time. Yeah. And we all, I think all of us turned to our respective significant others in the theater with us and went, we could leave now, right? Mm -hmm. Happy ending. Mm -hmm. This is that moment where you you run up, he runs up the stairs and you go, okay, he stops him. Good. Glad it worked out. Also, shout out Last Picture House. Check them out. Follow them on Facebook Mm -hmm. and all the socials. It's the coolest place. They have a bar and it's amazing. I would live in that movie theater if they would allow me. If you want to, listeners, if you want to come all the way to the Quad Cities to go see a movie there, just shoot us a message. We'll meet up with (laughs) friends. And I will already be there. Yeah, Ben will will be there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about what happens when Jake gets to the top of the stairs and he sees Oswald at the window. This next two minutes of action thank you is so so insane because jake gets eyes on lee keep in mind these people like they've never interacted he ran into him once in the hallway yeah he'd mm. never but he'd they yeah they've never, never talked who, yeah who he was and lee like snarls at him and turns to make his shot so Jake pulls his gun, fires, shot goes high, but it scares Lee, making Lee's shot go high and saving the president. The end. The end. The end. end. You glazed over that Jake really wants us to believe that Oswald turns into a monster. Okay. Oh, good, good. Well, we haven't quite gotten to that part yet because he, so he misses a shot and then he turns around and gives Jake his full on attention Mm -hmm. and they're trading fire. And Jake. It's after Jake trips, I believe, mm-hmm. which is a problem that we'll get to in a minute. But let's talk about Lee first. He's down. He's on the ground. And because Lee missed, like now every, you know, Secret Service and everyone, police know something's up. So they start firing into the window at the building. And the, the just it is very interesting the way King describes Lee, you know, silhouetted in this window, getting hammered with bullets and like his shirt billows out with blood the way his body is jerking with each hit, the ray of sunshine coming through the window. It was really poetic and it made me read it in slow motion. But yeah, Jake's opinion about like telling us, because we're reading this manuscript, mm. that like Lee in that moment was not human. He was a monster. It was it was interesting. Because he also gets mad at him in this moment. I think it's why he thinks of him as monstrous because he's mm. like, this 
little shithead changed the course of history, basically. Mm. And why does he have the right to do that? Says the guy who's uh, actively changing Mm. the course of history. And at this point, even, even though he doesn't know it, because his crutch strikes the box, he mm-hmm. goes down, and he thinks about Sadie falling into his arms. And he knows what's he, happening. And he knows yeah. he sees Lee with the gun. He he knows what's about to happen before he sees Lee get Swiss cheesed. And I feel like that adds to the yeah. monstrousness mm-hmm. of his depiction. For sure. One of you want to tell us how Sadie dies? Because I don't want to. <laughs> um, Jake crawls over to her. Uh she's choking on her own blood mm-hmm. and she asks if if JFK is safe and i love that jake says like in his writing he's like honest to god i didn't know at the time but i would have said yes no matter what mm-hmm. just to give her that and uh, and he holds her as she dies and he doesn't cry because he's not a crying man and because he knows what he has to do now and the last thing she says to him was oh how we danced that was really pretty I'll never dance again. (laughs) Before we dive into implications about Jake not crying because he knows what he has to do, let's talk about the interrogation. Because shortly after this, we are at the police station and Jake and Sadie have interacted with so many people. The dialogue out in the world already is that Jake saved the president. But the police and FBI need to make sure. And this is where we meet Captain Will Fritz of the Dallas Police Department and FBI agent James Hostie, who is about to be really annoyed that he has to meet Jake. (laughs) This part frustrates me that we didn't get this character sooner. Right. I love this part. This is really cool um, because this guy comes in and like, it's obvious that they're like, something's fucking up with this uh, Amberson guy. Like, your story does not make sense. He gives way too much detail when he How? tells him what's up to. Yeah. Jake does. He's lying. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Jake doesn't, like, really care. He the Jake's only concern throughout this entire segment is he's like, I don't care. If they can check how how easily my story will fall apart when they go to check what I am saying, because all I need is enough time to get to Maine. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, be scot free. I just have to get them to let me go. Yeah. And the second I'm I'm free, even for a minute, I'm gone. Which is so cool. Yeah. Because he he is they ask him all this question, why were you there? And it, it's he, he lies effortlessly while also barely lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's smooth because it it's uh, the simple stuff like mm-hmm. being how how do you explain being next door neighbors to Lee Harvey Oswald twice? Yeah. And he explains that they'd had those interactions, found a new place. And he was like, hey, bud, I'm, uh, I got a, a place next to me that opened up. And then when he moved uh, or when I moved, I returned to the favor mm-hmm. and let him know when a place opened up. All of these like small threads that he never mentioned in the like. He's never thought about an alibi as far as the memoir is yeah. concerned. So to watch him spin this story is gold. 
Zelda. I think it also helps that he has so much leverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives him confidence. And it worries Hosty because Jake knows things he absolutely Could should not, not know. And he, he excuses a lot of it by saying, well, Lee told me. Yeah. See, and, and this is this is part of what I, I wish this book was more of. Mm-hmm. I wish the book would have kind of leaned into Jake as a spy. Yeah. Because I, I don't remember which episode, but I mentioned like he there there is something he did where his alibi someone asked him like how do you know all this stuff and he he, he could have easily implied like i'm with the company, the company yeah. i'm i'm mm-hmm. cia like that's a really interesting angle mm-hmm. for the book and it doesn't really come around all that much until the scene where he's like who do you work for who it's the only explanation mm-hmm. for how you know all this shit is that you are intelligence I don't know why Jake just didn't get up and grab Hostie's boobs and tell him he's totally human. (laughs) (laughs) It worked once. once. He's not as tall as Sadie. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, speaking of Sadie, I just have to say the moment one of many that broke my heart in this scene is when he first gets to the interrogation room and he's covered in her blood. Yeah. And so they want to take the shirt and he had just, you know, told us like, I want to get the shirt off because it's covered in blood and I want to wear it forever because it's Sadie's blood. And he's really intense. He's like, you, I, this is my personal belongings. You get that back to me because that's the blood of my fiance, the woman I loved. And that may not mean anything to you, but she's saved President Kennedy's life and that damn well better. And the guy's yeah. like, we just want to test it. It's, it's okay. such a cool m- moment of letting us, the readers, know that, like, it could have been like, oh, is he going to be in trouble? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he, the he's caught. Is he going to go to, you know, but this moment of their reaction being like, whoa, it's just <laughs> evidence. We'll yeah. get it back to you shows that they're like, that's not the goal here. Right. Yeah. I also. OK, this freaked me out. They give him a plain white t-shirt to wear, like the one Lee would have been wearing for his mugshot. And I just had a moment where I was like, ooh, is that the harmony we're going to get? Is Jake going to be in a plain white t-shirt for a mugshot? Mm. That would have been pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And Jake gets a visitor while he's here. Yeah, his doctor. They called in his doctor. And I like the part where he's like, this doctor is the doctor that would have been... At the hospital examining JFK mm-hmm. had it happened, but because that didn't happen, he is now here examining Jake. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. That, that knee jerk of like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Just, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and initially he's very formal with him, and then by the end he's calling him George. It's just another cue that things might be going the way Jake wants them to. What do you guys think of him throwing Hostie's mistakes in his face? <laughs> Uh, big swing, big flex. Mm-hmm. Proud of him. Yeah, because he calls him out on, you have been harassing Lee. He's been on your radar. He gave you a note. Mm-hmm. You knew where he worked. Like, yeah. you fucked up, basically. And the Dallas and, police and guy I is there. And I will fucking tell everyone. everyone. Yeah. He's like, I'll tell him I saved the president and you didn't give me a glass of water. And they're like, would you like a glass of water? <laughs> Which is really funny because they, the, the they first offer, thing they yeah. ask is to give him a glass of water. And he's like, I'll tell him you didn't. I, because he says no to it. And I was like, wait a minute. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) They are concerned because they ask Jake, it is possible that you were in on it. How Mm -hmm. do we know that you weren't 
a co-conspirator. You changed your mind at the last minute. Exactly. And this is all interrupted when Jake gets a phone call and Hosty's like, I don't care. (laughs) It's the president of the United. Oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) Oh, I love that payoff. And we get, uh, for the audiobook listeners, a pretty decent Mayor Joe Quimby impression. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I uh, am the president. Oh, it's JFK here right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me in the studio. I uh, can only say that. I can only only stammer as JFK. I can only do JFK from Clone High. That's all I can do. The conversation, uh, I love that Jake, in the back of his mind, is thinking this is the most surreal experience that could be happening. I'm talking to JFK. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's it's those two, the two voices in his head, the, the Jake and the George, because George is being invited to the White House mm-hmm. and George is accepting the invitation to the White House. Jake knows that that invitation is never going never, to follow yeah. through. And he tells Jake, you know, he gives him his condolences and he tells him that Jackie will be calling him later. After Jake talks to Kennedy, he's escorted out to the back of the garage, which is where Oswald was shot by Jack Ruby. Another string. Strings will make sense later. And Hosty shakes his hand. And he gives him a secret note. (laughs) (laughs) Very clandestine. Very cool. Just says, I want more spy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This should have been a spy book. Mm That would have been good. But the note says, there's a bug in your phone and I'll see you at nine. Yeah. So at the hotel, Jake takes care of the bug and he calls Deke. This hurts. Yeah. So Jake tells Deke what happened and asks him if he blames him. Deke, to his credit, being like he's the third official member of this team because he knows more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But he's still this far removed. Like, I I don't know. I feel bad for Deke not knowing everything. The way it's like Sadie knows what she gave up everything for. Deke is still on the level of trusting that whatever they were doing. Well, he's come around. He believes he's from the future. Yeah. Which is d- still a huge I mean, leap. Yeah, he's on the team. Yeah. yeah but- oh, he doesn't think he's, he's like Hosty thinks, you know, he's working for some secret agency. I wonder if Jake gave him a squeeze. <laughs> I wish listeners could have but get seen the way I did Not in that. a sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like to Deke's, he doesn't answer right away. He thinks about it and he's like, no, you know, she knew what she was doing. And when Sadie wanted to do something, you know, she's an adult yeah. and she's going to do it. And I'm the one who helped her figure out what street. So if, if you're to blame, I'm to blame too. We find out here what the note under the windshield is all about too. It was somebody to call Deke to have him come get the luggage from the trunk and burn Al's notebook. That'd be hard. I wouldn't want to burn some. I mean, you have to, but. He read some of it, right? I would hope. Like, I, I would have for sure read it, some of it before I yeah, burned it. Yeah, I would have uh, not burned it and kept it and read the whole thing. <laughs> That's risky. I can't burn a book. That's true. Book. That's fair. Hosty visits Jake that night at the hotel. And he's suspicious, but not that not anymore that Jake was in on the plan. He just Jake knows too much and he doesn't understand why. And he's like, you know, the country loves you. You've got a room and maybe another room full of gifts that people have sent you, including a key to the city. But you have to disappear because I he pulls out a file on him. He's like, I bet if we go back past Derry, which is what we have. We won't find anything on you. So whoever got you here 
I'm sure they can get you back out of here and you got to go. I love that. He's like, if we stop looking at you, your people will come for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The total disregard for like, at this point, we don't care. Mm -hmm. Looking at you freaks me out. We don't want to know. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so cool because we know he's just a guy. So to see, Mm -hmm. you know, an FBI agent like Hosty be like, you're freaky. (laughs) (laughs) I love that part of the this you like you're gonna leave they have a a plan to help him leave mm-hmm. and he essentially says uh no matter whatever you say happened uh we will make sure marina oswald backs up or else we'll deport her so yeah. you are in control of this narrative and then you're gonna put on this silly disguise and we're gonna leave and you're gonna write a letter and that we will, make quote, it, find in the morning. Yes, and we will read to the press. So you got to make it really good. Make it read like a man so distraught over the loss of his fiance that people get why he would never make a public appearance again after that. <laughs> Jake's like, bet. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Done. Jake then gets another phone call. This one from Jackie Kennedy. I thought this was interesting because it's such a different phone call than JFK. I really, this part, like, I completely forgot. I was amazed that uh, Jake falls in love with Jackie Kennedy at the end of the book. It's like, it's so soon after Sadie died and and JFK's still alive that she leaves JFK for Jake is crazy. (laughs) Crazy end of the book. Happy ending, like we said. Anyway, five out of five blue chambray shirts. Let's move on. (laughs) That's just a, it's just a phone call. Well, it's, but with, with Kennedy, he, he can still hear sort of that invincibility. Yeah. And Jackie's like, I want to thank you, not just for me and my husband, but we got to say goodnight to our children tonight. And she, her condolences seem so, not that his weren't, but just seem. That we needed that, Jake needed that for kind of the tone shift yeah. to everything had been so amped up and now it's it's time to leave. I think mm-hmm. the call from Jackie Kennedy is the great note for him to leave Dallas with. And maybe feel like what he did maybe was worth it because if that was me and Devin, the minute Devin died, I'd be like, not worth it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck JFK. <laughs> I'm going to go back and pop back and pop out again. And he can die. <laughs> I, you, you are Jake. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> when Jake gets off the phone with Jackie, he turns around and Hostie is left. After drinking all of his wine, right. but he didn't want it, so it's okay. He leaves. There's a car waiting for him. He's in his disguise. And he basically has three bus ticket yeah. options, and he picks one. And the next day, as he's continuing to make his way back to Lisbon Falls, he sees on the news that a freak tornado wiped out a portion of Mercedes Street, killing two people. That's wild. I wonder if that tornado happened in the other string. That is a real tornado, by the way. So, yes. (laughs) Happened in our string. Also, uh, it's around this point where he hears about the the earthquake, right? It's shortly after this, yeah. Yeah. That there, there is a massive earthquake in California that kills 7,000 7, people. Which I did the math. 58,000 died in Vietnam, so we're still up 51,000. Oh, well, there we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> this, we will get when he mm-hmm. goes back to the future and meets Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll get to that. Well, let's just get to but, it because the oh, only thing that he's really doing, like he okay. is just making his way back there. Yeah. Just, this part, it doesn't. This is the biggest part of the book that does not work for me. Okay. Surprise. I <laughs> am not a huge fan of a ending <laughs> like of a Stephen <laughs> King book. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he, there's this huge earthquake and he's like, oh, did I cause that? And that's my problem. No. remember if that happened. He's like, I feel like I'd remember an earthquake. Right. Killing that many, that many people. people, yeah. Well, uh, the the book believes yes, right? That he caused it. Yes. yes. Yeah. That does not work for me. I, they, I'm up to this point. All of the changes are so one to one. You can follow. They make sense. That you know he is saving one person affects things, and it it does. Mm-hmm. You know. There are a lot of unintended consequences, but it makes sense that these things would follow from the things he did. Saving JF- JFK dying or not dying is not going to affect the crust of the earth. <laughs> but Zach explains it in a way that I think. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot his name was Zach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God okay, damn it. Classic okay. Zach and let, Kyle. <laughs> let me set the scene. Yeah. Because Zach has an explanation for this, and we're going to talk about that. I love that we're just calling him Zach. (laughs) Jake is in the parking lot, making his way to the rabbit hole, and he runs into Zach, the green... (laughs) (laughs) It's so casual. He runs into Zach. Zach's there. The green, for a moment, at least, card man. And I love that we get a coherent discussion between these two, considering the shape that the yellow card man was in. Mm -hmm. From the moment that we met him, it's Mm -hmm. just nice to see, oh, that's just... There's more to this. Like, it's bigger than that. And I really want to learn more about these guys. I want a book of the these, I, these totally human time guys. It, it's it's really cool. I do like this. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Because when he first starts talking, the, like, weird inflection in the audiobook yeah. that they give him, it immediately, and maybe I'm alone in this, but it immediately made me think of Atropos and it, the, yeah. the little yes, girl doctor. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh, these are some force of the universe. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, you know, uh, anthropomorphic ideas, mm-hmm. right? right. The, the, the little bald doctors were kind of like fate. They, they, right? were, they were the purpose and the random. Yes. The, this is like that. Is these Zach guys are time. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, my name's Zach. <laughs> I'm from Seattle. <laughs> I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, but he tells him Seattle because that's what he's familiar with. It's not necessarily Seattle in any time where Seattle was known as Seattle. Because he sees he's ancient behind his eyes, too. See, I thought that maybe Zach and Kyle and others like them, like Greg, John, and Amber, I don't know. Maybe they come from a (laughs) level of the tower where, because they're human, he says that. Totally human. Totally. Where... Like that's just some people's jobs to keep track of time. Okay, but anyway, yeah, like uh, like that one um, time cop. Asimov book, Time Cop. Time I cop. believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Asimov book, Time, time Cop. cop. Yeah. You go, okay, we, I can't. <laughs> I can't with that. All right, and I love Time Cop. <laughs> so let's talk about what we're talking around. All of our speculations that we've been making up to this point. Zach puts everything to rest because he explains what the ha- the rabbit hole really is so we find out yeah there's there's no complete redo they leave every time they use a rabbit hole the changes they make are leaving a residue even al's meat trips are changing things and causing problems but 
it by comparison basically to what jake just did zach was like i don't give a shit about that anymore like yeah it's causing problems down the line but think of time as you know think of time as all of these strings and eventually they get tangled and i think that's what the earthquake and everything that happens after is supposed to be i guess he said it, string snapping he said that it could destroy reality yeah. so having the, that in there makes me feel like yeah they're, I get, they're beam quakes yeah they're beam quakes. Yeah. yeah yeah beat me to it yeah i couldn't remember the name i I guess. <gasps> oh, beam quakes should be what we call doing shots of Jack. Love it. Deal. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just the, I, I love, despite his name being Zach, <laughs> Zach and Kyle, the least sci-fi names imaginable. <laughs> um, it, It's a cool idea and it does make you, it's just enough that makes mm-hmm. you want to go, tell me more about this. Yes. But it is, once he goes back, he he's Kyle's like, please, you have to reset everything. Because mm-hmm. his have- cards turn in different colors and he's getting dirtier and crazier. <laughs> yes. And, uh, oh, we didn't even talk about how the last guy, how as he, he started off as lucid as him. And then Al fucked him up. And then Al fucked him up. And it didn't help that the the uh, liquor store of, yeah. was within the range of where they can go. So, Oh, because it's not a hole, it's a bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the rabbit bubble. The rabbit. So that's why the big yellow card man can't get outside of a certain radius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but anyway, he's like, you got to go back. You have to reset everything so I can fix this or else reality yeah. won't. And the damage it's doing to him mm-hmm. is going to be permanent, too. Yeah. To, to Zach, I mean. <laughs> Hearing a being like that basically say, you need to go look what you did. Ooh. Yeah. It is a lot. And then the, the that's the part that also Jake goes back up. He finds the, the hole and he goes up into Al's and comes out in a world that has gone bad. Mm-hmm. And the speculative fiction here is just all of this seems like such second thought. Does that make sense? Like King, this part does not, King put so much thought into the 50s and the world that Jake has been living in. And then he, it feels to me so much like he goes, oh shit, things have to change. Do you think that's because it's so much shorter? Maybe. And it's so much stuff. It's like so big, but it's such a brief part of the book. Yeah. Because I feel like that's. It's so cartoonishly over the top. The world is ending. It's also the most like boomer, like, <laughs> oh, the kids are scary. And <laughs> they are scary. I, they are. It's just, anybody seen Bo is Afraid yet? No. No. Okay. Bo is Afraid. Uh, I have not seen, I have not finished the movie. Uh, because I went to see it in theaters and it was so stressful that it gave me a panic attack and I had to leave. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like at least the first 15 minutes of Bo is Afraid <laughs> posits like it takes place in a world where if you are outside of your own house, everything is terrible in like hugely cartoonish. There's scene of the main character just walking down the street and the screen is filled with a Where's Waldo-esque amount of terrible things happening just in the streets. This just feels like that. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't Do know why you, it bothers me. Is there, like, what would you 
prefer to see? I I know that's a really hard I question. I don't like, have, have an answer. answer. Okay, I'm just... I I do love uh, <laughs> uh, workshopping alternate <laughs> game books, but I don't know. It it just has it puts a bad taste in my Interesting. mouth. Interesting. Okay. I so I had the same feeling as you until about two minutes ago when <laughs> CM changed my mind by pointing out something. That always happens. It's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it's that, because um, I had that same thing. So I know there's a movie, I can't remember what it's called, that is about somebody who travels back in time, saves JFK, comes back to the present, and nuclear war. That's uh, that's the, really? that's like, yeah, that's like the uh. theor- That's like the common theorized, hmm. if JFK had lived, we would have had uh, nuclear war. Oh, yeah. is that what he's playing off of? Maybe. Hmm. But the other stuff, like the uh, nuclear power plant in Vermont melting down, mm-hmm. that's what happened there. Then there's uh, another, there's a few other like cataclysms we will find, we'll come to find out about that have made the world go to shit. Mm-hmm. And I had that same issue of, I hate that, like, I don't understand how JFK di- living yeah. makes these things happen. But as Zach told us, if he doesn't go in and come back soon, reality is fucked. Mm-hmm. And so I think the reason it's so bad is be- is not because JFK lived, but it's because reality can't mm. hold itself together. I guess too much has changed. The strings are too. A, sp- the strings are spaghetti. I guess are spaghetti. Yeah, you know what it reminds me. Of? Mm. Uh, so there's a, an old sketch comedy troupe from the mid 2000s called Whitest Kids You Know. I love Whitest love Kids it. You Know. And there's a sketch where uh, they go back in time to stop 9/11, but when they come back to the future, one of them finds out that it caused their little sister not to be born, and so they yell, "We have to save 9/11." <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing of being like we spent a whole book saving JFK and then they go back and they're like oh no everything's ruined we have to make sure JFK dies it's just weird it's just I understand weird. that it makes it almost feel like it was for nothing it works for me just because King built such a beautiful yeah. journey that I am sadly happy to take it. <laughs> yeah. But I get that reaction. I don't know. I'm I may be just complaining to complain because I like to do it. But like <laughs> maybe you're just sad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean about this. You're book. Right. I don't know how to recognize my own feelings. I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded like such a blanket statement. Maybe you're just sad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, that's really from now on. Anytime somebody feels differently than me about something, I'm gonna be like, maybe you're just sad. Okay, good. You know, you know, I've tried to watch it, and I just don't like Star Trek. Maybe you're just sad. Oh, oh, I was saying it as a joke, and I'm getting a, a very real stare right now. You can't. You can't come for Star okay. Trek. Joke I, about Star Trek. I, I love Star Trek. <laughs> Thank you. Data fucks. They have, Data yes. does fuck. Listeners, I make Josh and Ben say these exact words every time they enter the studio. Yeah, they don't the come in. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to change our Wi-Fi password now. <laughs> Oh my god. Are you okay? I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh, oh, before we dive into <laughs> I'm changing my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> oh my god. Um, 
I want to mention something that I thought was cool that I forgot about. Jake understands here before he goes back to 2011 that the harmonies he has been experiencing, he caused those. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like a... Because we've been hear about, hearing about them so much, and I, I mentioned a few times, he's villainized the past in a way as being, you know, it's beyond obdurate. It's like it's out to get him. And he even does that to Sadie, who's like, who says the words, it's out to get us. And he's like, whoa, no, it's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but that's how you talk about it. So I just thought that was really cool. Hmm. Should we describe how Lisbon looks? I mean, we've kind of talked like the broad strokes of what the future looks like. Mm -hmm. Lisbon looks like a war zone. Mm -hmm. Only certain areas even have power. Most of the houses are lit by kerosene lamps. The few people that Jake does see have sores on them. Mm. One doesn't have a nose. One doesn't have a nose. He then comes across a bunch of kids. Hooligans. Some hooligans, (laughs) some youths. Youths. uh, Throwing rocks at a guy in a wheelchair. Well, he encounters them before that, and they give him a bad vibe. So George of Jake, who's been through a lot, pockets some rocks. Yeah. And yeah, when George of Jake is my favorite Borg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're back in. Yes! (laughs) Okay, uh, did you guys have a moment? Because so he, we'll set the stage. He... Here's some commotion, and he sees these hooligans giving this guy in a wheelchair a hard time, and the guy is terrified, and he's trying to like not show that, but he can't help it because he's in a wheelchair and his and his wheel is stuck in like a pothole, so he's and helpless. They, like, broke one of his spokes with one. Yeah, of the rocks they're throwing they rocks yeah. at him, so he's helpless right now, and he doesn't have a weapon to defend himself. And so Jake is like, you know what? I'm a teacher. I know how to deal with teenagers, and spanks their bottoms. Basically. <laughs> Like in a cool way. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure in a cool way. <laughs> he launches a rock into one's chest yeah. and he screams. Like he hits him hard. And then he marches over there like like they ought to be afraid of him. Like he shows no fear and goes right up to the the leader of the pack who doesn't have a nose. And of course, it reminded me of Thinner. <laughs> and hits him like right on one of his sores, like takes away his slingshot. And he's yeah. like, you little shitheads, get out of here. And when he turns around to you know, address the man he saved. He recognizes him. And for just a second, I was like, Al, Al didn't die in the string. I was kind of hoping. That's what I was hoping for. Honestly, I hate what we got. You do? Because I I like it. Why? Why is he? Why is why is Harry Dunning here? And why does he still talk like that? Okay, well, that's the audiobook. Yeah, I I, I stopped listening to the audiobook. I was like, no, that's I don't I don't like that. Yeah, he what Josh is talking about, listeners, if you're not listening to the audiobook, because Harry has a head injury, the reading of him, I guess, reflects that he has has some speech issues. And because that's the character, he he still reads him that that way. Well, he went to war and he he obviously had some other issues. I just assumed something Mm -hmm. else went wrong. Fair. Yeah, Yeah, that could be. But why did he wind up in Lisbon? His parents, his, his... Well, he's married. Maybe it was his wife. Maybe. It's Maybe just a, a lot here. of weird coincidence. Like, it's, again, it's a weird harmony it's harm- yeah, to it's bring harmony. Harry Dunning here for no apparent reason. I liked it because we see him living in this terrible place. Mm. His wife died. He's alone. I this also like that, yeah. And, well, I... No, I mean, I like it because <laughs> Harry is the catalyst for yes. all this. Harry, very true. Harry made Jake cry. Mm-hmm. And Jake hates crying, so he had to change everything so that he would never have to cry about this guy again. And in every single iteration of Harry's life, Harry is fucked. Well, except for the main one where he's just... He just yeah. had a tragic childhood. Yeah. 
And it just makes me really sad that mm. Harry can't get a break. Right, yeah. And that's the reason for all of this. And of course, now it's all about Sadie. So they, they get to Harry's house, which is locked and bolted nine ways to hell. Oh, technically he's in Canada. Oh, yeah, they are in Canada <laughs> because in 2005, Sorry. Maine joined Canada. And I like that Jake's looking on his wall at his pictures and they've already established that Jake doesn't know a lot and he shows his injury and all this. And he's like, well, if you don't know what happened, if you don't know what this is, you're not going to know any of those people. And he's like, ha actually, in he, the innocent. And he, their, the rest of their conversation is sort of plays off of the fact, and we'll get this again with another character later, that there is a connection because of everything that's happening. So Harry feels like he knows him, yeah. even though he doesn't. And I thought that was really like cool, that. too. There are uh, a few things in this history lesson. I don't know if there was anything you necessarily were keen to point out, but there are two important things that I think are interesting in this uh, dystopian future. Uh, one of them is that for some reason, Jonestown went from 900 to 2000. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, and the other one is that there is a sky tearing sound that no one knows what it is. Yeah, watery, ripping noise. It just happens occasionally. Jake no one has any idea. figures out what it is. It's reality ripping itself apart. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I've had enough. I'm going to go hang out with Zach. <laughs> and he pops back to see Zacky boy. Okay. I have Zach a s- immediately goes, oh, thank <laughs> fuck. Yeah, right. I have a criticism here. Okay. Jake hasn't been taking advantage of the rabbit hole the way he should. Because, okay, here's what I would do. Tell me if there's a flaw I'm just not looking at. Pop over, then pop back, then pop over again, walk the two feet to Al's office, get on his computer, Google Sadie, see if she was murdered by John. Yep. Yeah, no, solid. Okay, all right, thank you. Oh, he doesn't know Al's password. <laughs> Go yeah, home. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah, Josh yeah, is yeah, right. for yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. <laughs> all right, yeah, he, we, okay, all right. This upsets me for Zach, who I just met. Jake gets back. Zach is like, thank fucking God, Ben, as you said. Jake has been about an hour in 2011, and it has taken such a huge toll on Zach. He, Jake notices his, his card has changed colors. His nails are longer and dirtier. His fedora and his jacket are, he's looking more and more kind of like a wino, like the, the yellow card man looked. And all I wanted was just like a line of of sympathy from Jake because this guy explained yeah. to him like the effects of me being here trying to hold together what you've done in my head will damage me for eternity. And you just being there an hour did this to me. Yeah, Jake thinks hey, I was there for an hour. How long has he been here? Yes. Yeah. And and we don't know that either. And instead of being like, shit, dude, I'm sorry. Let me help you. Jake runs away. Yeah, he sprints Ooh. off. I, I forgot that. And I yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, because he thinks he's like, well, I know that me staying here in the past. And uh, Zach is yelling, you have to close the loop. You have to close the loop. You now have to go back without changing anything to finally mm-hmm. reset everything yeah. to be fine. Once Al's trailer is moved, the bubble will pop and we'll all be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he he sprints off because he's like, fuck it. I have to. I'm not. I can't save. I, I'm not thinking about saving Harry. I'm not thinking about saving the, the girl in the hunting accident or JFK. Fuck all of it. I don't care. I have to get to Sadie. Which, what's the plan there? There's nothing he can do. 
say say he does stay in the past and he goes back and he gets a job at the school. There's there's nothing he can do. He says he's like, oh, I'll win her back. Sure, I'm a little older, but yeah, he'll be like 10 he'll be forty two. Yeah. She'll, she'll be, be twenty eight. Yeah. yeah, I'll and be a little he'll be bodily fucked. Yeah, so. but but I'll figure out a way. I believe it. <laughs> there's there's nothing he can do that would not make him a villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going and trying to romance someone you have never met with that much foreknowledge about them yeah. is such a creep move. <laughs> That's true. It, it really made me glad when he's like, I can't. When do he comes this. to his senses, yeah. Now we are at the section final notes, and Jake has run away from Zach. When he turns back and Zach is on his knees, he hands fell. clasped, begging oh. him to come back, and he can't hear what he's saying. He can just see mm-hmm. it. Fucking A, man. That Brutal. sucks. So Jake is spending a couple weeks at the Tamarack Motor Court. He wonders, you know, if he didn't change anything else about the future, you know, what's, what's so bad about two teachers falling in love and sharing their lives together and having kids and those kids having kids yeah. and their kids having kids? No big deal, right? So he spends his time writing the story of his experiences with the rabbit hole. And he does this for, I think it's like three weeks or something. And this, the whole time he's doing this, he's just terrified about everything he does. Like even buying yeah. ink for the pen that he was given as a gift that Mike and Bobby Jill gave him. He's worried like, okay, what happens with that? It's like, well, dude. <laughs> now you're worried. Yeah. Jake realized that his love for Sadie is more important than the whole universe, which kind of makes him worse than Oswald. Well, I think <laughs> possibly. I think that. It's like soon after that that he realizes that saying that makes him as insane as Lee. Yeah. And I think that's where he starts. He's like, oh, uh, wait, I'm, I'm doing, not that important. Yeah. I can't do this. But he does decide he's going to write a letter to Deke warning him. What do you guys think of this? I'm glad he didn't. I'm yeah. glad he rips it up and throws it away because, again, like, it, the whole point. Because you have, he has to close that loop without making the changes mm-hmm. or else shit's going to fall apart. So he decides he's going to go back. But before he does, he takes what he's written and he buries it in a lockbox. Why didn't he take it with him? Wouldn't he be safer in the future? With yeah. Him? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Maybe it's like a metaphorical thing, like an emotional thing. Like when you write somebody a letter, but it's not for them, it's for you. And then you rip it up or you burn it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about when Jake gets back to 2011 again. I really liked the chapter title because I wasn't sure what it was going to mean. But it's the, the chapter title is 2012, A Citizen of the Century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, uh, we come to find out that uh, now Jake knows that Sadie was still attacked by her ex-husband. It was on the 30th of April instead of the 12th. And he that night he cries himself to sleep because he knows she's still alive. I love that it happened the way it happened anyway, because Mm -hmm. he didn't send that letter, but Deke and Ellen still show up with casseroles. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, all right. Jake didn't realize he was leaning into the harmony that already existed by calling Deke. Yeah. And he keeps himself from searching the people he knew for a while. He really tries not to. I don't know why. That's the first thing I, I would say, do. I would say, would that help or make it, I feel like it would make me feel better maybe, but it's hard to say. But that's how he finds out when he finally uh, gets, he gets a student who is from around that area mm-hmm. and he 
remembered a uh, a weekly paper that had the a Gazette. yeah the Gazette that had a Jody Dewins section, <laughs> and it, it talking to the student brings it all up for him, and he signs up. He gets online, he signs up for it, and finds out that Sadie is being recognized as the citizen of the century. This is the sweetly sad ending, I guess, that we deserve. He goes to the celebration and listens to everybody talk, listens to Sadie's speech. It's really great. She's, by all accounts, a fucking fantastic lady and had an amazing life. Yeah, she did so much. She did. And Jake recognizes the DJ. <laughs> yeah. Love that. <laughs> That was a good bit. And he makes a comment about uh, him if he stole his father's records again mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, yeah. Oh, let's Diminishing talk- returns, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about him talking to Sadie because this killed me. Um, Man, it's it's really sweet. I do like that there's this <laughs> not an aw shucks moment, but there's the moment where after because people have been talking about all the stuff she's done mm-hmm. for for citizens, for for the city, for she um, what office did she hold at one point? I can't remember yeah, what I office, remember. but she ran for office. Right. For like several so years, she yeah. had a, a, a massive impact on mm-hmm. on not just Jody. Well, but, they wanted her to go further. And she's mm-hmm. like, I just want to help my town. Yeah, And he makes the remark of uh, essentially, did you? get inspired to activism after the assassination of JFK. And she's has a minute where she's like, I, yeah, I guess I never really thought thought of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking cool. I also like he, he sees her and she's 80 and he's like, she's still beautiful. They pound cake. Oh, (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Then we listeners, you can decide if they pound cake. They dance. They dance. And like with Harry, she feels like she knows him. And there's this moment, I can't remember what the dialogue is exactly. Maybe one of you guys remember, but it's, he knows what she's thinking, which is you're like, I've dreamt of you, Yeah, which is really, I don't know, like that kind of harmony, like true love basically across time. The, have either of you watched the series? No. no. Uh, I watched it back when I first read the book. And I, the scene that I remember distinctly is this dance yeah. Where they do what the the trick where they, you know, pan are around his back mm. and on one side she's old and then <gasps> passes oh. through. So like you get like that. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Each other a little bit. It's it's it, fucking good. I really like that series. You guys know I like read and listen to it multiple times. Every time I got to this part, it made me tear up. Like I didn't ever. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You're not I a knew crying woman. It was. I'm yeah. I'm a tear up woman. <laughs> and we end there. I love oh, how they danced. I, I like that. end. I like yeah. that being the end. Me too. I guess it's time to rate. I'll go first. Okay. Time travels my shit. I love this book. I think that it's really clever. I love the relationship with Sadie and Jake. I forgot how much I loved the dairy stuff. I can't wait to reread this book again in a few years. Five out of five blue chambray shirts. Uh... It's a good book. It's it's a good book. <laughs> like I said, it, it's not it doesn't grab me in the way my favorite king books do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of downtime and, and a lot of stuff that I feel like drags a bit. That said, it's it's yeah, it's good, but it's it's just not it doesn't have 
that little extra something that makes me go, this is one of my favorites. Mm. Yeah. This is pure B King, like, like grade mm-hmm. wise. So well, I we, guess that we grade in shirts, Ben. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, then I will give it a four out of five blue chambray shirts. I can't disagree with your criticisms of it and the parts that you really enjoyed that you wanted more of that I think is what would make it a five blue chambray mm. shirts for you. But we know that I like to be teased. So <laughs> when I come to those moments and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I wonder more about this. It still kind of like lives in my head is is just this world I can explore. And so I'm not I don't find myself dissatisfied by that, but I get why this book because a lot of people, it is not their favorite or among their favorites. And it is one of mine, which is weird because sometimes I'm like, how can you not like this? Yeah, You're that, wrong. That's actually funny because I kind of feel that the the feelings around this book are, it is a lot of people's favorites. Really? Like, no, this is no wh- one I've talked really? to yeah. could even finish I, it. I feel like on online, at least, the, mm-hmm. the standard... Oh feeling is like this is one of king's modern classics interesting no i yeah Yeah, because i haven't heard like Hmm. josh is the only other person who likes this book as much (laughs) as i do now because i'm about to give it five out of five blue chambray shirts that's it for this episode of dare public radio as always thank you for listening join us for our next episode where we're giving you something a little different uh dairy public radio for the first time in five years is taking a break we're we're gonna take a breather what do you want me to call it uh, sabbatical. We're gonna take a bookmark. No. We're gonna we're gonna sla- take a bookmark. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pound. No, no. <laughs> uh, but because we are who we are, us taking a break means we're gonna give you, the listeners, still exactly as much content as you usually get. <sighs> I'm so relieved because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way we can justify ourselves. Uh, so uh, we will be back. Our next episode will be March Madness. So you're still going to get your March Madness coming through. Then after March Madness, we recorded, we did this a while ago, and I'm so excited it's finally going to come out. Ben pitched this idea (laughs) on, uh, I think it was one of our Patreon episodes, and we did it. We did a monster manual episode (laughs) where Ben got us uh, monster manual guides from Dungeons & Dragons, and we drafted uh, a (laughs) team of monsters. I was here. That's about all I did. amazing. Uh, And so you'll get that. And then, and then, listeners, we're coming back with the drawing of the three. So we are going to take a, a much-needed breather, mm-hmm. uh, see our families. I don't think mine are still here. They abandoned me. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but we uh, we will be back with some very good stuff. Until next time, for Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn reminding you, you never knew me, but I love you, honey. <laughs> Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to 112263 Part 5. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts on Facebook or Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or X at Dairy Public. You can also send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. And please visit our store for cool merchandise on Etsy.com and our Patreon page for bonus episodes every month. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.